I love Christmas time. I love the way our worship center looks. I love the lights. I mean, in our house, we have Christmas lights all over the place, and it just makes everything feel warm and exciting, and Christmas is just a great time of the year. Um, I love preparing for this season, and I'm not talking just about the over-commercialized, you know, excitement of receiving and giving gifts. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love receiving and giving gifts um, and hanging out with my family and those different types of things, but more so, I love the Advent season. And I love uh, it, especially for this year, because if ever I needed a season to remember the birth of Christ in the anticipation of the coming of Christ again in my heart, it is this year, most of all. And we've heard it several times uh, throughout uh, the past couple sermons. We can all really say we've been really disappointed with this year. I mean, school's not the same. Uh, Church looks a little bit differently. Uh, My activities have been canceled. Or maybe even someone has failed you, um, a spouse, a friend, a coworker, or maybe even your pastor. Um, But as I look back to this year, this past year, and I think about January 1st, 2020, I mean, it was exciting times, right? Because we were supposed to see this year in perfect vision. But many of us have seen so many disappointing things happen. I mean, I've watched friends experience the disappointment of trying to have a child and not having success. I've watched loved ones walk away from their faith. I've watched people struggle uh, because their bodies are not responding like they would like them to. I've watched uh, people just hurt. I mean, I've had friends, dear friends of ours that lost a son this year. Others that have lost spouses. I've gotten mad with people about the diagnosis that they received. And we have all known or have experienced some type of disappointment. And we've all had or will have major interruptions or disappointments in our life. Because let's be honest, right now at this moment, not a single one of us is safe from a phone call that can strip us down to our knees in a pile of tears. None of us are safe. But in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all this hurt and all this chaos, guess what? Christ can bring peace. And this morning, we're going to look at the life of Joseph, uh, Jesus, uh, earthly father, okay? And, And watch how he reacted to an interruption in his life. And I hope this morning that we can learn from his example of what we can do uh, to help us in the midst of chaos, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of interruption when it comes our way. Because life is going to give us disappointment. It's going to give us interruptions. But how we respond to it decides if we find the peace of Christ in the midst of it. So open your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 1. 
And we'll be in verses uh, 18 through 25. And if you would, let us stand together to honor the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. May God be honored by the reading of his word. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, guide our hearts this morning as we dive deeply into your word and look into how we are to respond to these situations in our life that can cause us so much doubt. Bring peace to our lives this morning for your glory and your glory alone. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. So there are three key examples that we can glean from Joseph's life uh, that if we put them into practice in our own life, uh, they can help us to find peace in the midst of chaos. And these three examples, they build on one another. So the first thing that we're going to look and that we're going to notice is the first example of be prepared. So in verses 18 through 19, Joseph, what we see here is Joseph was pledged to be married to Mary. And this pledge of marriage was stronger than our engagements of today. Basically, if someone today wants to uh, end an engagement, all they have to say is, yeah, you know what? This isn't going to work. Uh, let's call the whole thing off, right? But the pledge that Mary and Joseph had could only end in divorce. And the consequences for a divorce in the circumstances that Mary found herself in with being with child could mean that she should be stoned to death. But what we read is that Joseph heard the news that she was pregnant and he decided that he would not want to expose her publicly, but to divorce her quietly. So that's very opposite of what we kind of expect from today, right? I mean, why didn't Joseph just take his right, an opportunity to express himself in his anger, in his disappointment with his wife? He didn't react to this life's disappointment with impulsivity, but he reacted with integrity. How is that? Well, look at how Joseph is described in verse 19. He was a just man, is what the ESV says. He is a righteous man. He is a good man 
have other versions of God's word says. And so let's look at this word righteous. He was a just man. He was a righteous man. It's the same word and terminology that's used in Romans chapter 3, verse 10, which says, none is righteous, no, not one. So what do we do here? How is Joseph righteous if no one is righteous? We continue on to Romans 4, and we hear about Abraham. And remember, God promised Abraham a son in his old age. And Abraham's response was, whatever, God, you're crazy. You're crazy. But, God, I believe you. And he put his faith in God. And his belief was counted to him as what? Righteousness. Right? His belief was counted to him as righteousness. So Joseph was a man who believed in God, who trusted completely in God. And this righteousness points out that Joseph knew that he had nothing within himself, but knew God was good and merciful. Therefore, Joseph was acting out of the overflow of God in his life, Instead of a heart filled with self-interest and bitterness towards Mary. So a heart that is prepared is filled with the love of God and can respond to disappointment and chaos with grace and mercy. A heart that keeps his eyes focused on God. So how is one's heart prepared? Well, first you must put your faith in God. Trust God fully. Believe that he sent his son to die on the cross and sa- as a sacrifice for our sin. And then rose back to life victoriously, defeating sin and death. And after you've surrendered your life, you put your faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then you do as Paul encourages us in the book of Philippians. You fill your life with things of God. Right? Think on such things, things that are true, that are noble, that are pure, that are lovely, that are admirable. Fill your life with the truth of God's word. Memorizing it. Allowing God to work through you in all situations. Spending time worshiping him, going to him, getting to know him deeper and deeper. So a heart that is prepared is a heart that trusts God. A heart that trusts God is one that can hand disappointment, that can hand the hard times, the chaoses of life over to him and find peace. Secondly, a prepared heart is a heart that's willing to listen to God. So the next step is then be attentive. If your heart is prepared before the Lord, now be attentive. We see this in verses 20 through 23. Joseph just didn't just hear the disappointing news and respond in a righteous way. No, look at verse 20. He said, he considered these things. He took it a step further. I mean, think about this with me for a second. What conversation was happening in Joseph's head? I mean, Joseph had to be thinking on these things that Mary had said to him and possibly asking himself, am I doing the right thing? Am I responding in the right way? 
But even more so, he's probably asking God, where are you in all of this? Where are you in this news that I've heard from Mary? And what am I supposed to do with this? God is always at work. God is orchestrating every detail of his creation. And check it out. He's not caught off guard by what's happening in your life. He's not caught off guard by your sins. He's not caught off guard by your choices. But he uses those choices. He uses the consequences of those sins to draw us closer to him. And we see here in this that God meets Joseph when he was willing to listen. And he meets him with an angel to bring him good news. And just like Joseph, if we have hearts that are attentive, trusting God with all things, God will meet us in the middle of our chaos. God had a purpose all along. Right? We see it there. He was fulfilling what he had said through the prophet Isaiah. And believe it or not, God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose and a plan for your chaos. And it's not your job to just try to figure it out on your own. That's the blessing in it. That's where the peace comes from. Because we need to trust the Lord through it and in our times of chaos, we have to be willing to then hand it over to God. And in our willingness to hand it over to God, God begins to work in our attentive lives. And he works in this way. Our way of thinking starts shifting to God's way of thinking. Our purposes begin to shift to God's purposes. Our way of doing things shifts to God's ways. Our weaknesses shift to God's strength. Our preferences shift to God's provisions or priorities. Our lack shifts to God's provisions. And then our self-oriented desires shift to the mind of Christ. So the first step to an attentive heart is a willingness to hand your chaos over to God and to trust him. Once we're willing to take this first step, then God can open up the floodgate of peace in our life. And I don't know the chaos that you may be facing right now or God's direction in it for you. But I do know that you can find peace in the midst of it. And here's one way that, that I've found in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 through 7. Paul says this, he says, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say it, rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God. Everybody hear that? Say it with me. And the peace of God. Which does what? Which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So with thanksgiving, present your chaos to God. With thanksgiving, present your hurts to God. With thanksgiving, present your disappointments to God. 
And let me give you a picture of what this looks like. When we thank God in the middle of our chaos, we become a living sacrifice of praise. And we nail ourselves to the cross and we say, Lord, it doesn't make sense to me and it hurts. But God, you are worthy and I know that you have a plan through this. So I thank you for who you are and the glory that you will receive through this. So I want to share an example of uh, a dear friends of Jamie and I's. I live in Arkansas. Um, this past summer, uh, they lost their 19-year-old son uh, to something. They, they still don't exactly know what, why he lost his life. But she posted this, and hopefully I can make it through it. It says, Tonight, a couple of friends came by to help us finish up the tree. And oh, what a blessing. The first ornament that was pulled out was this. Handmade, there's a picture, and she explains it here. Handmade by Riley, and one that I'm sure was supposed to be a yellow jacket ornament, which is their school mascot. Only, he made the word joy out of glitter that shines like the streets of gold on a background of blue like the heavens. This, this football-shaped joy was made by my precious son years ago because God in his tender mercy knew that we would need this reminder as we try and navigate this life without him. As Riley celebrates his first Christmas in heaven, God's desire for us is to have joy unspeakable. Riley is in the presence of Jesus experiencing immeasurable joy and I can't even fathom what that is like for him. Just as I can't fathom our lives without him here. But I'm so, listen, I am so thankful for this precious reminder tonight. And I'm so thankful for the almost 20 years of memories with, with our Riley and Ryan wrapped carefully in these ornament boxes and treasured in our hearts. And I'm thankful for the laughter that was in our house tonight. And then she writes this. I am always, capital letters, thankful for the hope that Jesus brought when he came to us as God with us, Emmanuel. And then she quotes Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And an angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Church, please know that this is easy to preach and hard to practice. Hard to practice because I know when I'm hurting and I find myself in the middle of chaos, I want to find the easy way out. But I know that the easy way out is not always the best way out. Thanking God in the middle of your chaos is not the easy way. And then finally, what we see in this account of Joseph is that when we trust God and when we're willing to be attentive and we give our chaos over to God, God then in return gives us direction. What we do with the direction from God will be life-changing. Not can be, but will be. And how we respond to God's direction can fill your life or our lives with peace. 
So the final point of this morning is to be obedient. See, God gave Joseph directions. In his attentiveness, he gave Joseph directions. He said, take Mary to be your wife, and she will have a son, and you will name him Jesus. You know, I wish that God told me what to name my children. We made the mistake of telling everybody the names that we were going to name Andrew, and everybody had their opinion. Anybody else deal with that? Yeah? Okay, thank you for your honesty, right? And so we learned very quickly, you know, with with Abigail, we're not going to tell anybody. She's going to be born. We are going to name her Abigail and go from there, but I digress. Joseph was given instructions from God through an angel. And really, to be honest, we read things like this throughout the Bible, and we say, yeah, he obeyed because an angel spoke to him. How could you not obey after that experience? But remember, they were people also with neighbors, with co-workers, with family, with friends, expressing their own opinions and doubts, filling their ears uh, with all kinds of thoughts. And at that moment, Joseph had to make a decision. At that point, he had to make a decision. Do I trust what I heard from God, or do I follow my own desires for what I want my life to look like? Do I want to be the father of the son of God, or would I rather keep out of this one? We all have to make those decisions at some point. Am I willing to obey Or do I just want to steer clear? In verse 24 and 25, we see that Joseph responds in obedience. He takes Mary to be his wife. He names the boy Jesus. And we must ask ourselves, do we want to be obedient or not? Well, when we have hearts that are prepared and attentive, God is speaking to us every day. And our response to his calling will decide if we find peace in the midst of chaos in our life or not. Because where Jesus is, there is peace. Right? He is the prince of peace. So I heard a story uh, last week that was shared by one of our church members. And I just kind of rehashed the story out for you. She was at the post office. And when she was waiting in line and, and to, to get up to the, the um, postman, postwoman, I guess, uh, she said, you know what, the Lord's kind of talking to me. Um, I'm supposed to buy her a coffee. And so she gets up and does her, her work and, and sends, sends her packages and those types of things. And then she says, uh, the Lord told me that I should purchase you a coffee. What would you like? I'm going to run over here to Starbucks and get you something. And she, goes, she answers her and tells her. And so, so our church member leaves and, and goes and gets a drink and then comes back. And she can't find this lady anywhere in the post office. And another postal worker comes up and says, yeah, I think she's in the bathroom crying. And so she waits for her. And as she comes out, um, she could tell that she, that she had been a little emotional. And, and um, she goes, well, here's your coffee. The, the Lord told me to bring this to you. I would love to pray for you or, or, or do anything for you. Is, is there something that you need? 
And she goes, you know what? I've made a lot of really poor life decisions right now, and I need to get my life straight. And I have no clue why the Lord brought you here before me, but I am blown away. And so our church member simply goes, well, here's my phone number. I know you're at work. You can't do anything right now. Here's my phone number. Feel free to call me. So about two hours later, an hour and a half later, she gets a phone call. Hey, I've got a lunch open. Can I come over and talk to you right now? She had come over to her house, sat in her kitchen, and heard the gospel. The next Sunday, the pew behind them was filled with this lady's family, friends, co-workers, because they wanted, she wanted them to hear this good news. Did this bring peace to this church member? Yeah. Not worldly peace. Because she had to go out of her way and buy a coffee and maybe take up some time that she was going to use that afternoon and all of those types of things. But this brought peace because she goes, God, you told me to do something and I obeyed and you did something. You did something huge. You did something that I could never imagine on my own. My hope is that this isn't just another, just be obedient to God's sermon. I hope we understand that true peace from God only comes through obedience to God. See, the world tries to tell us in so many ways that you can find peace through having this drink after work. Or you can find peace through this medication. Or you can find peace through this relationship because, you know, that one really didn't work. So why don't you try to find something here? Or by buying this thing, spending money in this way because that will bring you peace. But the bad news is still there. And the chaos is still there. And the same thing can happen in a Christian's life as well. The same thing can happen. We have disappointing news. Chaos of life comes our way, and we try to earn God's peace. We say, God, I will read your word more. God, I will go to church more. God, I will worship you harder, if that's even possible. God, I will give more. And then when that doesn't work, we get mad. And we get disappointed at God. Because, God, I was doing something for you, and you didn't respond like I want you to. Church, God wants us to trust him, to open up our hands and to trust him with everything. John 14.1 says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. But we must trust in him knowing that God does stuff totally different than what we imagine him doing. He sent a baby. Totally different. Matthew chapter 5, we're memorizing in our discipleship group right now. And talk about doing things completely differently. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But no, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That is completely different. That is a radical difference. And God is calling us to a radical trust in him where we can find peace.
So do you have peace in the chaos of life? If not, let me share something with you. It can only be found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I invite you now to repent of your sin. Cry out to him. Place your faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then grow in your faith. Come talk to one of our elders. They'll teach you and show you what it means to grow in the knowledge of Christ. If you're a believer and you're struggling and finding peace, I want to challenge you with with one thing. And that is uh, making sure you know where your focus is at. So I was in student ministry for 20 years. And I'm a visual learner. So I'm going to use a, a prop here this morning. All right. Many of us in our lives, we want to hold on to our life and say, God, I've got this. But if I were to stand here for the rest of the afternoon holding the bat like this, what would happen? My arm would start to ache, my shoulder would start to hurt, my back would start to hurt, and my hand would start to cramp up, and it would be awful. But a lot of us try to do this. Some of us, we say, God, I, I trust you, God, I trust you, God. But our focus is still on our issue. Now check this out, and I hope I don't knock over candles and burn the place down. But we try to focus on the issue, and it's really hard. And our life really never gets any more peace. You know, I mean, you can do that. Kids don't try this at home. Um, if you do, do it outside. But if we hold up in our hand to God, and we say, God, I trust you completely, and here's my life, and we keep our eyes focused on the king and focused on the source of peace. Our life begins to have peace because you know what? He's in control. I don't have to focus on the issues. I get to focus on King Jesus who gave his life for me. And he gives me peace that transcends all of my understanding and all of my desires because I want to keep my eyes focused on you, King Jesus. Don't miss out on that opportunity to know Christ in that way. Where you can keep your eyes focused on him and allow the life's chaos and the life's worries and all of those types of things. Give them to him and he will provide you peace. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus this Christmas season. Let's pray.